0: The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times best-selling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. So I am super duper, duper, duper excited to introduce you to our next mentor. And also, we got our final dates for LEAP. So here it is, July 17th to the 23rd at UCLA, we will run two programs, okay? We will have the live program where we hope to have 450 to 500 students live vaccinated (laughs) there at UCLA. (laughs) And then thousands and thousands and thousands of them virtually. So LEAP will be awesome this year. We will definitely have Usher. We will definitely have Richard Branson. We will definitely have Anthony Hopkins. We will definitely have Paula Abdul and a lot of other great people there. So you need to be at LEAP or send your 15 to 25 year old kids to LEAP. One of the things that makes Leap so special is us being able to introduce these kids to real live mentors. And, you know, we tell kids at Leap over and over again, copy genius. You know, I mean, that's the fastest road to success. You know, when I opened my dental practice, they didn't need another dentist in Beverly Hills. I went and shadowed five of the most successful dentists in Beverly Hills and copied them. I did all the good stuff they did and tried to not do the bad stuff they did. And so by bringing in these great mentors, we give these students an opportunity to meet some amazing people. So today I get to introduce you to somebody that I have literally watched grow up since I think she was six <laughs> years old. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Abby Anderson. Abby Anderson is a 24-year-old singer-songwriter from Dallas, Texas. She started playing piano at the age of five, which led her to her new hometown in Nashville, Center for Music. Um, Abby has toured with Rob Thomas, Brett Eldridge, Chase Rice, Russell Dickerson, and many more. She's also been named one of CMT's Next Women of Country and has been highlighted on Pandora, Spotify, and Apple Music's artists to watch list. Abby has amassed over 100 million streams on all platforms and is gearing up to release her next single album called Bad Posture. Don't have bad posture today on, on 22nd. Personally, I've known her since she was about five or six years old, and I have watched her grow. I actually was there for her debut performance at the Grand Ole Opry, where she got Mm -hmm. a standing ovation. And the MC looked at me and said, Doc, I haven't seen a standing ovation here in over five (laughs) years. But she had the whole house on her feet when she sang her song, uh, Make Him Wait, which you have to look on YouTube or Venmo. It's Unbelievable! It's 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 one of my favorite favorite Abby Anderson songs. Abby Anderson, welcome to meet the mentor.
1: Hey hey, dang, Doctor Bell! I'm gonna take you on the road with me to introduce me from now on.
0: Well, you I mean, know, I'm a
1: every
0: day. <laughs> I've the title of a number one fan, yeah, and I always will be. It's crazy because I've actually known you since you were like five or six years old, and I always knew you kind of dabbled in music. But it wasn't until I saw you perform at at a dental event, the Crown Council event that your father runs with his brother, that I was like, literally blown away.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Bill. Well, you know, you might've known me for that long, but you don't look like you've known me that long. <laughs> I don't,
0: know how, you, well, that's I don't nice. know
1: how you look exactly the same. It's ridiculous. So, Abby, your, tell, <laughs> me,
0: tell me how you actually got started in music. Like what was the impetus for getting you to start playing the piano?
1: Ooh, well, you know, I mean, you, you, and my dad are really good friends. So you know that he had me in classical piano lessons at the age of five. And um, my parents are really, really cool. They never forced us to do anything. The only thing they ever made us do was take piano lessons. And so the deal in our home was you got to start piano lessons at age five. And the only way you can stop is if you can sight read every hymn in the hymn book. We grew up going to church and singing in church. Or um, what was the other thing? Yeah, it was like sight read every hymn in the hymn book or you have to age out. You have to turn 18 and graduate. And so I hated, I hated reading music. I didn't like, can you imagine, Dr. Bill, I imagine that, you know, I don't like people telling me what to do. (laughs) Okay.
0: I know that, Abby.
1: (laughs) And so I hated, hated reading sheet music. And I had the most incredible piano teacher who made a deal with me. And he said, look, I know you don't like me. I know you don't like reading this music. But for every classical piano song you learn, because it's going to teach you the technique you need for later in life, I'm going to help you write a song. And so that pierced my ears up and I was like, well, OK, you know, so I started writing. I was always noodling around on piano and, you know, wanted to put on a show for everybody from from a really young age. But uh, my piano teacher definitely opened the doors to um, kind of giving me that, that space to create and feel confidence in, in my own creations. So that's not where did, it started.
0: When did you, because, it, well, I, I actually see like three parts to this. I mean, you definitely learned how to play the piano well. I know you play the guitar as well. You know, mm-hmm. you have an amazing voice and you write. Thank you. At what point did you actually realize that you had a voice? I mean, like a really great voice.
1: I don't, Well, thank you. I don't know, Dr. Bill. I feel like, um, I, feel, I always joke with my family and my mom always tells me, I think I was just a big old attention hog first. And I think I just knew that I always wanted to be a performer and entertain people. And I think my voice kind of followed after that. Um, I was listening to, some of the songs I recorded when I was like 16 and I sound totally different. And so I feel like I'm just in the last two years, I've finally like really come into my own voice and my own sound, but I always knew I was going to put on a show for people. So I think that's what Man, I'll here.
0: tell you something. <laughs> the first time I saw you perform I was blown away. I mean, I always knew you dabbled in music and this and that, but I was like, I was expecting to be one of those things where it's like, I'm just going to have to be nice and say, oh, wow, you were good. But like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, not only really is she good, like she should be, a superstar. I mean, everybody should be listening to your music. And, and it's not just the piano and the guitar and the voice. The, your, your presence on stage is amazing. Your sense of style is amazing. Like you really command the audience when you're up there. And that's something very few performers actually get to a point to be able to do.
1: Mm, well, thank you. I think um, I think I definitely learned it from my parents, you know, because my dad's a speaker, and so from a young age, he always taught us to project. And I don't know, Dr. Bell. I think my parents always instilled in me and all my sisters just like we all just know our worth and our value. And I'd like to think that confidence comes across on stage. So I'll, I don't think I can something. take much credit for that.
0: No, that's amazing. And I I always tell parents the greatest gift you can ever give your kid is not a car. It's confidence because confidence is currency in this world and without it, you'll go nowhere. And with it, you can conquer any mountain. Really?
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's a great gift. And I'm I'm thankful I had parents smart enough to, to know that
0: for sure. And then, Tell me about the songwriting. So your, your teacher actually helped kind of inspire you to start writing songs?
1: Yeah, so he would, um, so for, for every song you learn, right, there's like an entire world of theory called music theory that goes behind it. So, so theory is kind of like what makes chords sound good together. Um, And so he taught me like the Nashville number system is what we call it. And basically like every chord has a number. And so from age 12, I was being introduced to like this college level music theory um, that he introduced me to and taught me all that stuff. I'm not saying I'm like a master at it, but it definitely gave me, I think a leg up in understanding like why certain chords sound good together and how to make them sound different rather than just playing like the same C, F, and G over and over again, you know, if that makes sense. Do you, remember the,
0: do you remember the very first song you ever wrote?
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, it actually didn't suck that bad. I mean, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but,
0: what, but, um, play it, play it. I know you got your guitar uh, right there. No, no. Come I'm on. I'm going to
1: play it for you. It was called um, My Big Sister and I, Ashlyn, wrote it together. I was, like, 10, and she was 11, and we thought it was, like, a big old hit, and we we're like, oh. The radio's gonna play us, and we're gonna be a sister duo and be famous. <laughs> it was just this little song called "Daydreaming," and it was about this boy I had a crush on, daydreaming about falling in love and marrying him. It's it's quite mature, quite mature for my age. I probably shouldn't have been writing a song like that at ten. <laughs> but but it
0: was cute. you have a you have a big album coming out in, in about two weeks, right?
1: Yeah, so the, uh, the first song coming out is called Bad Posture. Um, that's coming out October 22nd. So if you go to my Instagram page, Abby Anderson Music or TikTok, you can pre-save it there. And then after that, yeah, we got a whole album done during, uh, during the pandemic. And um, that's going to be rolling out over the next few months.
0: So can you give us like a little preview of Bad Posture maybe?
1: Oh, heck yeah. Hold on just so happens uh, i'm like guitar ready it's like wow or something uh can you hear the guitar okay yeah Uh, all right cool so i wrote this um just a quick backstory i signed a record deal when i was 19 i moved to nashville when i was 17 signed a record deal two years later and um i quickly found out that a Well, I think a lot of record deals are awesome. I I quickly found out the reality of them, if that makes sense. And, um, I, I, I was kind of confused when I signed. I was like, wait a minute, like I have to listen to you now. (laughs) Like I can't just, I can't just write the music I want and record it and, and put it out, you know, just hand me a check and, you know, I go do whatever the hell I want. (laughs) It wasn't like that at all. And, um. I think I realized during the pandemic, it was, I don't, I don't mean to like bash them or anything like they're, you know, it's business, but I think I realized very quickly that I wasn't going to get very far, um, trying to hide my own light and trying to like water down my own music. Um, and so I just told my record label president, you know, I think you gotta let me go. Um, I think you should... Go sign a blonde haired, blue eyed girl, and <laughs> maybe she'll listen to you because I'm tired of pissing you off every day, and uh, I don't want to fight anymore. And um, it was the best decision I ever made. And that's kind of where this record was born and, and where this song was born. So, this is called Bad Posture. All right. <laughs> I shake myself to make you feel taller. And I will complain till your problems, feel smaller You'd say I was too much, I was too loud. So I would say sorry and keep my voice down. I shake myself to make you feel taller. shoulders all the words that you put on me like a wave yeah i used to have that posture but since you've been gone i up stayed that's a it taste for you right there that's all my voice is so bad right now. I went to a, at a gig in Athens, Georgia last night and, and drove all night, so I'm sounding a little tired. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, also, people don't know this. You got married this last weekend and we're yelling. I did. And it was yeah. honestly the best <laughs> wedding I've ever been to. I love the Thank fact you. that your husband's little brother actually married you guys. It was so awesome. It was awesome.
1: Well, I'm happy you were there. You were partying right along with us. So Thank you. (laughs)
0: Uh, So let me ask you this. You know, I know it's been a long hard road to get to where you are right now. What do you Mm -hmm. think was your biggest challenge along the way? And how did you solve that?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Man, I think the, You know, it's funny, when you first moved to town, I was 17 and I was telling myself, you hear from other artists like, hey, don't let people tell you what you are. You know, make sure you listen to yourself, make sure you make the music you wanna listen to, and don't let them water you down, don't let them tell you what to record, right? So you tell yourself that. But then it actually happens when you sign the record deal, and it just slowly, I don't know, Dr. Bill, it just kind of inched up on me, I guess. The, the people pleaser in me, that middle child need to want to appease everybody and make everyone happy and, um, and not cause too much of a stink, you know? Um, and so I think the hardest part for me was finally, for lack of a better term, honestly, like finally having the balls to speak up for myself and, um finally feeling um, that surety in my own voice and kind of saying, you know, enough's enough. It's time to, to make my own music and, and uh, write and record the stuff that I actually love. Because if there's one thing, there's nothing worse in this world than to be a creative person, creating things that you don't love and having to put music out into the world that you don't love and having to sell something that you aren't passionate about. I mean, you just feel like a like a salesman, you know, and and true art, you don't have to sell. It just speaks for itself, I think. And what's crazy is ever since I made that decision to go out on my own, to finally record the things I loved, I mean, life just became effortless. And I know people say all the time, like, it takes hard work, it takes hard work, it takes 10,000 hours. I believe that's true. I mean, I practice piano every day for three hours. You know, I definitely have my 10,000 hours in, but when it comes to business decisions and the people you work with and the people that are going to help you achieve your goals, that to me is where the effortless role comes in. I mean, you've probably experienced that when you know you're on the right path, things just kind of happen. You know, when you're where you are, where you're supposed to be spiritually, mentally, physically. Life is just so much more beautiful. And um, I started teasing this new music kind of on TikTok and social media. And the response and reaction I got from this piece of work compared to my old stuff is just night and day. You know, you don't have to try. (laughs) It's awesome.
0: I've known you long enough to be able to make this statement and, and, and be really confident about it. You have great instincts. Thank you. Know, you. And, and that's rare. It's really well, rare. I,
1: thank you. I think Dr. too. It's like learning to, I agree with you. I think like I do have good instincts. It was just a matter of finally listening to them. You know, finally listening. Everyone has their own natural intuition. And I think when you finally learn to listen to it, like, you know, you know the answers to everything. I mean, not everything, but um, I finally had to learn to listen to my own instincts and listen to my own intuition.
0: And And that was the the great
1: awakening. (laughs) No,
0: I think, I think that's amazing. And I'm super excited to see how you soar with these new wings that you've acquired. And I think it's really, really beautiful that you found such a great life partner in the man that you married (laughs) to be by your side and help support it. Cause you know, it's hard to do it on your own and having, having somebody there that supporting you day in and day out and loving you hard day in and day out gives you the strength and the fortitude that you need to push on. So I, you know, I think you're in a perfect storm right now to blow things up.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Bill. Well, it, you know, it takes good people like you in my corner and just, it takes a village, you know, so yeah. that's, um, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and you know anything I could do, I always will. I w- I was um telling you and, and and in fact I pulled your husband aside at his wedding. I said "His Abby wants to do a showcase at the Grammy Foundation. Oh my god. Go. So, and, I, I, and I think I can make it happen. I've done it before.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Bill. I will so, I will take you up on that. I definitely when you're
0: will ready. When you're ready, I it would nothing would make me happier, and you guys can just stay at my house. I have a guest room for you, I'll set you. all set
1: up. Thank you. I appreciate so, it. Thank you. Let
0: me ask you this: if I'm a young artist, you know, listening to this this podcast, and I want to, you know, go into music like you did, can you kind of give me a little bit of a roadmap? I mean, I understand the practice, practice, practice thing, and it's funny. Yeah. At your wedding, I think it was your sister who said, you know, you know, in the beginning, we had to take piano lessons. But then at a certain point, all of a sudden, Abby's like playing like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so give me an idea of, you know, kind of like what somebody would need to do in order to really have the best chance for being successful in the music industry today.
1: Mm. Well, I've, I've been asked this before, and I always say. First of all, I don't know everything. I'm still learning because it's the industry's changing. You know, it's been changing. And so it's really exciting to be an artist today with direct access to millions of people, right? Um, I'd say the biggest thing, ask questions. I mean, it's crazy to me. I, I don't feel like well, I don't want to say that, but I, I feel like I got to where I was in Nashville quicker than the average person because I was very very interested in people and I always try to make that a point I mean you'll be surprised what, what how much people want to help you when you take an interest in them um, but,
0: it's pretty easy well, <laughs> I mean go back to like like from the beginning like you know taking piano lessons like
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I mean, I.
0: I don't mean at the point like okay, you're there now. Let's. uh, I'm talking about. I
1: got you. I got you. You need like a map.
0: And yeah, like map it out, baby.
1: All right. All right. All right. Well, I'll just tell you what I did. So I, I actually started homeschooling, and I don't, I don't recommend this for everyone. I definitely did not take like a prescribed route, probably, but um, I started homeschooling when I was 15. Cause I knew exactly, I knew music was what I was going to do. And so I went into my dad's office and I told him, Hey, I want to move to Nashville. Um, I want to homeschool so that I can keep touring. Cause by that time I'd been playing a lot of shows in Texas and just getting my hours in that way. Um, And so I told him my plan is to graduate as quickly as possible and get my butt out to Nashville and his credit. He was cool with it. You know, he was like,
0: Okay, Sounds so like I'm... you skipped an important step. Okay, first of all, you need to learn a skill, right? Sure, so, yeah,
1: that'd be, that'd be
0: good. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a given. And then you said, you know, you wanted to homeschool so you could perform. And I think that's an important part is really getting out there. So how did you start performing and where? I mean, I, I actually saw you perform in your church. Um, yeah, yeah. Once, But where did you start doing these performances?
1: I mean, it was everywhere I could, whether it was church, um, little coffee shops in my hometown. And then it's, you know, word spreads pretty fast. So I'd start playing these little gigs in in small bars, small coffee shops. And then the booker of that show would reach out to another booker and be like, hey, I just had this girl come play here. You should have her at, at your venue too. And you just kind of quickly, you know, get your name known within the, at least for me, I think in the DFW Dallas-Fort Worth area, just playing as many gigs. And it's as simple as looking up the venue you want to play and emailing. I mean, they literally have their emails on the website, just email the booker.
0: I don't know if you did this but I'll tell you this is one thing I did that was super helpful for me when I first started doing TV and I was like very green and not good at all I used to I used to you know record it all and really critically sit there and watch myself and see all the stupid stuff I did. So I would kind of Mm. learn that. I don't know if, you know, when you started doing these gigs, were you ever recording it and watching or, or was it just more of a feeling and seeing how the audience related to you and all?
1: Mm, I'd say I'm getting better at now I record my shows and now I like, I record the audio and listen to it. Just for like vocal technique and stuff, but in the beginning, I mean you know on stage you know Dr. Bill, like you know when something's working and when something's not, from what you're saying to a song you're singing, you know whether you know how you feel and you know whether or not the audience is feeling it too, and it's really uncomfortable when they're not feeling it. So. I like it. I like it. So you learn very, very quickly what works and what doesn't. And I think that's where the another 10,000 hour rule comes in is you got to play crappy shows and you got to, you got to be confident enough to suck. And like at the end of the day, be like, you know what? That was a really bad show. I don't feel good about that. This is what I'm going to change next time.
0: All right. Um, Start doing all these shows. You move to Nashville What's mm-hmm. step? like? How do you get an agent? I mean, how do you how do you start to kind of build a team?
1: Yeah, there's um, there. You know this. You you taught this too. But my dad always says, you know, you're only seven people away from meeting someone that you need to know. Or or seven. How does he say it? Like you're seven people away from um, what does he say?
0: I That's it. what it is. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull away. It's that it's that whole Kevin Bacon thing. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So everything's networking in Nashville. So when I moved to town, I stayed with some family friends of my dad's. I was 17. So they gave me a place to stay for like a month until I could sign off on my own apartment. And I knew one other person in Nashville who is my agent today. Her name's is Kylan Sharp. Uh, she's at CAA, which is a big booking agency. I met her through, again, just a random booker contact in Texas. I played a show and he was like, hey, have you ever thought of moving to Nashville? And I'm like, yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, hey, I know this agent out there. Her name's Kylan. Um, here's her number. You should give her a call and just ask for, ask for advice. So met my agent right there. One person. Um, when I moved to Nashville, obviously I told her, I was like, Hey, I'm here. My boots are on the ground. Can you introduce me to, you know, key players? You think I, I ought to know. I'm not asking for a record deal. I'm not asking for anything. I just want to meet people. I need to know as a new artist in Nashville. And so she took me to lunch with, um, head honchos at CMT, which is country music, television, uh, she took me around to a lot of publishing offices, which a publishing is, is just for writing. So instantly through this one person, I met all these people on music row. That would be really helpful. And I just went in there and played them music. And so I will say that when you're called on the carpet, probably best to be prepared and, and know what the hell you're doing. So I will say that like, I was ready to perform, you know, when, when the opportunity came. And uh, very quickly, just through that, I started playing shows in Nashville because of Carmen. She would call a venue for me. And they'd be like bars in Nashville, nothing big, free gigs. And she'd say, hey, this girl's new, new in town. Can you give her like 30 minutes to play a few songs? Once you start playing shows in Nashville, it's such a small town in the space of like music row that hopefully word gets around fast, you know? And it did, at least for me. And so I'd play a show and people would come up to me after the show and be like, who are you? Uh, what's your phone number? Let's get together and write. And then you start writing your butt off and you start co-writing and you just meet a whole network of people through writing. Um, tell me if I'm like going too fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is awesome.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, and so through co-writing, You meet more people and then you meet meet more and more successful writers. And so pretty soon I found myself an unsigned, unknown artist in Nashville writing with these A-list songwriters who've written every song you've ever heard on the radio. Um, And so then I would just ask them questions like, how the hell do I get a record deal? (laughs) Like, Who do I need to meet? And they were just really kind and wanted to help me out. And they did, and so I had these two ladies take me over to a record label, Black River Entertainment, where where's where I signed my deal, and I just played a couple songs for them and they offered me a record deal. Um I feel like my story is kind of a whirlwind, it definitely doesn't always happen like that, but I'd like to think I asked I asked questions and I was, you know, a good person. I feel, I feel like People want to naturally help you out if you're not an asshole. So, <laughs> so it's pretty it's pretty easy.
0: Did you ever feel like at any point in your career like like, oh my gosh, this was my big break? And if so, what was
1: it? Oh, I feel like the day the day I got in the doors at Black River, I mean, cause that just doesn't happen. I felt like that was my big break and I was so nervous and I, I knew I only got like two songs with them and they brought in all these people and everybody and I played the songs for them and I nailed it. I'm not gonna lie, I nailed it. <laughs> so I feel, like, I feel like that was, um, that was like the, the start of, you know, whatever reputation I have in Nashville
0: for sure. That's awesome. Now tell me about uh, what's on the agenda with the release of your new album.
1: Oh yeah. So the, the coolest part about being an artist today is that it really is the wild west. There's no wrong or right, right way to create and get your music out there. So we just did uh, we're doing everything independent now. I'm funding everything myself with a distribution partner, which is basically, um, a company that gets all your music out onto all platforms, Spotify, Pandora, Apple music everywhere. And so essentially we've kind of created our own record label. Um, I've got my own head of marketing, a publicist. I create the music, got a manager, agent, and this distribution partner. And I feel like that's, you know, I might be a little naive, a little overconfident, but we're, we're sailing. All right. So i um, looking at some tour dates next year. Uh, we got the record done. Just, it's just a matter of, you know, promoting it. And through social media, I mean, marketing's pretty, I'm pretty fun, pretty easy today.
0: I'm going to help. We're going to, we're going to get this podcast out before you launch it. So we can also oh, help.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: Do that. Thank
1: so you. Awesome. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, Abby, we're super excited for you. I know you are going to be a huge, huge, huge star, well, you have <laughs> an even bigger one. And, you know, I'm so honored and proud for you. I mean, you're such thank an you. amazing, amazing young woman. And, you know, your dad sent me a text message and he, he said, Dr. Bill, thank you for, you know, being part of, you know, of our family. And I said, I am, you know, you guys are, you of- are. So uh, I love you with all my heart, and I'm super proud of you, and I can't wait to see you become the biggest star you are.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Dr. Bill. This was awesome. I appreciate you.
0: All right, Dr. Bill, over and out. <laughs> to learn more about the LEAP Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com leapfoundation or on Instagram at LeapFoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.